I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Surviving Motherhood with Chris and Rachel. We're talking about all things parenting, the mishaps, the struggles, and maybe even some motivation. Grab your coffee or wine and join us for some real talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Surviving Motherhood Podcast. We are here today with a special kind of Mother's Day episode. Um, We've gotten some questions and we've added some of our own to kind of just talk about what we felt like before we were moms, ideas we had going into motherhood and just all kinds of stuff. So we're just chatting here, basically. We've got some questions to kind of make sure we don't go off on any crazy tangents, but um, there might be a few. Yeah. I mean, always. I think that's, I think that's part of our charm, quote unquote. (laughs) We're going with that anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm going to pretend it is. So anyway, we're, um, we just went on a vacation, which we're going to do an episode about later on. So you guys just hang tight. We've had a request for a vacation with kids episode. So we'll get to that too. But we're kind of remember last time we complained about <laughs> getting back to normal after vacation. So we're still kind of on that. <laughs> same, <laughs> same track. Except honestly, it was easier to get back to real life after um, vacationing with kids. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. We'll we'll yes. go into all of that later, but just if we're not, if we're a little slow on the uptake, you guys will know where we're coming from. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So our first question it talks about birth plan. So it's like, what was your birth plan and how detailed do you think when you, uh, should someone be when they're making their birth plan? Mm. You want to go first? <laughs> okay. So uh, my birth plan was an epidural. That was mm-hmm. pretty much all that I cared about. I was... Griffin was born on my 23rd birthday and my friends didn't really have a baby. I know my friends didn't have kids yet. Um, I'd been married two and a half years. I was ready. I wanted a baby like immediately. I don't know what my rush was. I couldn't even legally drink alcohol when I got married. So (laughs) I don't understand why I was in such a hurry, but Zach made me wait. So two and a half years in, I'm 23. It, It was on my birthday and literally I knew that I wanted anything they would give me that was going to help. I was yeah. not really interested in in feeling the pain. I got my epidural when I was 2 centimeters dilated. It was I was not I mean, I wasn't in a hurry. And with I had to be induced, so did you just say you weren't in a hurry? I wasn't Can I say that? I, I, I that's hurry? what it sounded like. I was not in it. I don't know what I'm saying. You were definitely in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> what I meant to say was I was not in a um in a proving anything. Yes. Competition. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know why I said hurry if I did say that, but I didn't mean that. I was well, in a hurry. If you may not have said it, it took a second for it to click, but that's what it sounded like. And I was like, wait, Chris, let's. <laughs> Back up. Let's talk about that for a second. You were definitely in a hurry. I remember how ready you were with Griffin, and it's so hilarious to look back and be like, you did not. None of us. Nobody knows what they're getting into. But it's like you were like ready for him to be out. The second you hit 37 weeks, you were like, okay, let's go. Yeah, which luckily he was born the day I turned 37 weeks. But I, um, I think that a birth plan. I'm a very much a planner. I will say that. So it is kind of weird that I didn't have a super like typed out plan, but I will say that I think that it helped with expectations. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, I really want to try to do this. So I didn't let myself down in any way, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. No, it does definitely make sense. I think when you're going into it, you really have no idea, no matter how many YouTube videos, birthing classes, people telling you any of that, you're not going to know what it's like. 
until you're there. So I think that a general plan is a good idea, but I don't know that I'm for a super detailed, unless maybe your brain works that way and you feel like that's the only way you'll be able to accomplish. But I mean, yeah. they're going to get the baby out. So yeah, I think it's definitely a to each his own type situation. Like if something about a birth plan is comforting to you, like go for, go it. for it. But I know mentally that if I plan too much, like what you said, my expect and my expectations don't line up with it, then that's more of an emotional journey than I'm yes. ready to take on. So yes. my deal was, is I was super okay with getting the epidural, totally fine. Like she recommended it. I, my blood pressure was high with my first. And so I got it checked at the doctor's office, which is right next to the hospital I had my daughter at. So she was like, go over, get checked in, tell them to go ahead and do the epidural. And I'll come over and break your water. And I was like, sweet. She says, go ahead and do the epidural. So I'm going to listen mm -hmm. to my doctor. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things where I really did trust my doctor. And so I knew that she was going to have my best interest in heart at heart. And I just felt comfortable with doing what she said. I obviously, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't want, main thing I didn't want was an emergency C-section, which you have literally no zero control. control over. Yeah. But yeah. that was all that was going in my head is I don't want to push for hours and, and then, then. C-section because mm -hmm. then you have the side effects of both. And everyone that I've talked to that's done that has said recovery is traumatic. Like you're just a lot more miserable. So that was my thought process was just like, I want to do whatever it, it takes to either get her out naturally, not naturally in the way of no drugs, but you know, Right. Vaginally, yes, vaginally. Guess, is what yeah. I should say. And um, if we know she's not going to be able to do that, let's go ahead and call the C-section early on, which. Yes. <laughs> See, mean, that's mine was like my mom had C-sections, so I was not scared of C-sections. Oh, and she talks uh, about it like they are awesome. Yeah. Like anytime you talk to her she, about a C-section, she's like, yeah, sign me up. That was great. That was easy. I was like, oh, okay. And to people who don't have kids who are like, I'm not pushing a kid out. I'm having a C-section. And I'm like, uh, it's really easy. I mean, I don't mean that like to, to downplay birth, but like it, it wasn't traumatic. Like I've talked to people who C-sections weren't traumatic and my vaginal deliveries weren't traumatic. So I'm just right. like, it, I think that however your body want, needs you to do it, that's what you should do, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like don't, if you have too many, like I'm not doing this or I am doing this, then it's kind of like, well, I mean, once you get on into it, you're like, whatever's going to get this baby out in the safest way is what I'll do. Like your mother instincts kick in during delivery, you know, yeah. it's just like do what you need to do kind of thing. Yeah. Surround yourself with people you trust and that yes. will, you know, like talk, if you do want specific things, make sure you talk about about it with your doctor, your husband, make sure everybody's on the same page and then just go from there. Try to let, try to let your body do what it needs to do, which is so hard mm -hmm. because it, I mean, you're in pain, you're not comfortable even with an epidural. There's literally no way to be comfortable in labor. Mm -hmm. So like, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> like some epidurals yeah. do more than others. And sometimes an epidural doing more is worse. Well, and let me sense. say this, um, something I did not know with the first baby uh, if they're going to, if you're going for the epidural, like if you already know you're going to get it and you're not wanting to feel pain, get it before they break your water because mm -hmm. it hurts. Like mm -hmm. I did not know that. And they gave me a, some stay at all, stay at all. Is that what it's called? I think so. All you, all you medical professional people are probably rolling your eyes. But anyway, they gave me that right before they broke my water, but I did not have an epidural yet. Oof. Oh my word. It was horrible. It was like I was drunk and out of control is what it felt like. And then somebody's reaching all up in there trying to pop something that doesn't feel like it's supposed to be popped. Ugh. It was horrible. Yeah, so, and I bet you weren't even close to technical. You had some contractions, but like as far as dilating and effacing, you weren't very dilated and effaced, right, when you went in with Griffin? Well, I was too... Two centimeters and fifty percent of face. Oh, well, that's but not, he I, was I, he I was at remember. a two, like mm. way up there. You know yeah. how they have to drop. Like I think they're supposed to get to negative two, or maybe they're supposed to get to two, and he was negative two. Whatever it is, he was way up there. 
Yeah, because so I'm sure that I guess that means whatever they had to pop was way up there. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was I'm, really not fun. I bet that factors into the pain of it, like how mm-hmm. you know what I mean. If it mm-hmm. if it pops easily or not, kind of like a balloon that's blown up too much. Yeah, and I, and I have nothing to compare it to because the the three after that, I'm like, um, I want the epidural before yeah. you break my. I water. had the epidural. <laughs> like. Uh, I had the epidural that. before both of mine after because you had Griffin before I had Adeline. So when and the doctor was like, go ahead and go check in and ask for your epidural. I was like, yes, ma'am, I will do that. Thank you. Yes, I will. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, my exactly. advice is if you know you're going to get the epidural, just go on and get it as soon as you can because they can add a bolus if it starts to wear off. I mean, you know, it's they're they're good. The other thing I didn't know about is that when you like request the epidural or like talk about getting the epidural, it could be an hour or two before you can actually get the anesthesiologist in your room. So like go ahead and start if you're, if you're hurting or just ready, or you just want to talk to the nurse about how long it's going to take, go ahead and start bringing that up. (laughs) Right. Like go ahead and say, I'm thinking about, I'm I'm already thinking about my epidural that way they can kind of gauge. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so what was the most unexpected thing that happened once you became a mom? Honestly, I think I've talked about this before, too. I, this is like directly after I became a mom. Like, I could go broad or, you know, there's a many things that I didn't expect. Yeah, at different stages. I didn't really know to anticipate the hormonal change after, directly after having a baby, like the baby blues, quote unquote. Like we hear a lot about postpartum Mm -hmm. depressions and lasting effects. I just didn't realize how hormonal I would be right after because I had a pretty even killed pregnancy. Like I remember Mm -hmm. I'm, I can be emotional anyway. So I was expecting to be out of control during pregnancy. And I really, (laughs) I really don't think I hit that point. I mean, I had moments, Mm -hmm. I felt real sorry for myself when I couldn't sleep and stuff like that. But you know, I wasn't just off the charts, but after about five days after I had Adeline, I was just, my emotions were out of control, out of control. And like, Mm -hmm my husband look at me and I'd be like, don't even look at me. I don't know what's wrong. I don't want to talk about it. Like, leave me alone. Like I just, Mm -hmm. and things were going quote unquote, well, she wasn't, you know, an extremely difficult baby. So it's not like there was like a horrible colic, you know, she had some constipation issues, but we, we, I mean, the doctor was like, give her a little pear juice, which is, you know, now I don't even think they recommend that at that age, but what, here we are. Who knows? Yeah. It's so hard. They change it so much. Yeah. So it's like, we, I mean, we, I wasn't going any through anything insane. My recovery wasn't that bad, you know, but like just the hormones of it all, I was not very visibly not stable. So I kind (laughs) of wish I would have known, like I I had no idea it was a thing even. I didn't even know what to Google. I just thought like maybe I just have postpartum depression. And then a couple of weeks later, I felt good again. And part of it is sleep deprivation, a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people, like I could never work a night shift. I could never, um, be without sleep on a regular basis. I don't, I don't, I don't do well. My body Mm -hmm. needs sleep. Like, sorry for your luck, everyone. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's, it doesn't suit me. Yeah, Yeah. So that definitely, you know, factors into it when you're getting up every few hours at night. And I was had trouble with not being able to go back to sleep after she would like I'd feed her and she'd go right back to sleep and I'd be like staring at the ceiling. So that also. So yeah, Yeah. I definitely think I wish I would have known more about the baby blues after Mm -hmm. I had a baby. I think for me it was everybody always acts like you'll know what to do. You're the mom. Your instincts. Blah blah blah, which is true to a certain extent, but. You don't just like have a baby and know what to do that like it, oh, yeah. it's, it doesn't go like that. So then everyone's looking at you like, why, why is he crying? What do you think this is? What do you think? You know, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what like, I don't know. So I think that for me, I, I just I, I never really I guess I didn't know how much a baby really even needs. And I nannied for babies and, you know, like still was like, uh, so, and everybody's looking at you, no matter if they have 25 kids, they're still like, what do you think's wrong? You know, and I'm like, um, I don't know. What do you think's wrong? You've done this more than I have. That's the thing I probably most didn't expect was just to, cause everybody acts like, well, you know, follow your instincts, you know, what's best. 
And there are times where you're like, okay, my child doesn't normally act like this. So I know that something's up, you know, that kind of thing. But then there would be random times where I've done everything exactly as I did it the day before. And he's still screaming. And I don't know why, you know, it's like he didn't do this yesterday. So I have no clue what's wrong. Yep. And there's the flip side of that is everybody else thinks that they know what's wrong with your baby too mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm, at the same yes. time it's like oh he's obviously got gas i let me preface this one one of my pet peeves is when people like act without a doubt like they know what's going on it's like yes. nobody knows what we're doing like let's just put a little bit of doubt into your voice so when exactly. somebody would like look at me and be like oh well they need this and i'm like how do you know <laughs> mm, it's all about the presentation because yes, there are people who are like of it. yes there are people who are like a godsend that are like listen, my baby did this exact same thing. Here's what I did. Give it a try. And I'm like, oh, what would I do without you? And then there yes. are people that are like, my baby did this. All you have to do is da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. or punch you in the face. Like yep. that, I'll do either one of those, you know? So it's yes. all about how you talk to a new mom and how, you know, you have to remember that you need to be building her confidence as well mm-hmm. as, because you know, helping have- her, but building her up to know that, hey, God gave you this baby and he's not the same as any other baby in this world. So with my baby, I did this. But if you don't feel like that's what you should do, then do something different. You know, it's like, it's hard. That's a hard. Well, and I went through with my second child, Lawson, I went through, um, he, they said he had colic. They said, give him probiotics. They said, you know, it's like, Mm-hmm. He was a disaster. He was a disaster at first. So I was obviously trying different things, Googling stuff. And there's a million like mom support groups on Facebook, like breastfeeding help, this help, that help. And all of that can be awesome. But it's like, whoo, once we finally got some of his issues figured out, I try to, I try to tell people in the nicest ways because I went through so much information trying Mm -hmm. to get to the bottom of it. So I'm like, Hey, in my experience, my son had these symptoms and this ended up being what we had to do. Like he had a tongue and a lip tie. So every time I hear a mom talking about like, well, he falls asleep while he's eating and then he's screaming two seconds later, you know, like those similar symptoms. I'm like, I try to insert myself in it just because I went through so many just days of like looking at my baby, like, sorry, I broke you. If somebody would like to fix you, they can. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think what's so hard is to know when a new mom is exhausted and venting and when a new mom is needing help, you know, because you don't want, I mean, you know, if you're trying to vent to somebody, you, you don't want them to fix it and you're not asking them what to do. You're literally just like, I'm exhausted. My kid screams from four to five every night, blah, 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 you know, versus, oh, hey, what do you think about such Mm -hmm. and such? You know, it's like they're not always looking for advice. So I try really a lot, a lot of people ask me about pregnancy, delivery, Mm -hmm. newborns, you know, because I've done it four times. Mm -hmm. So I get asked a lot and I do not mind at all sharing my experiences or, you know, how... But I try really hard to not just, hey, I'm an expert and here's everything. Because every baby was different. I had to learn with every baby, just like everybody else has to, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta know when when you're being helpful and when you just need to shut up and listen, basically, you know. Yes. And it's so hard when you've already done well, you've done the checklist. Like you've gone through the baby has gas, you've given it gas drops, you've given it, you bicycled its legs, well, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And a person is trying to tell you what to do and you're like, I've done that. I've done that. I've done mm-hmm. that. Those aren't fun conversations either. So it's like no. uh, and then people we, are like, Well she doesn't no, even want help. She just exactly. being great. you know, and you're like, no, no, I don't you gotta know when to you gotta know people, first of mm-hmm. all, because you know, some people just want you to tell them what to do every minute of the day. Yeah. And other people are like, I'm gonna do the exact opposite of whatever you tell me. <laughs> and when you you're gotta- pregnant or just had a baby, those emotions could range every five minutes. Like Ooh, one yeah. one minute you want everybody to tell you what to do, and the next minute you want to slap the next person that tells you what to do. So it's like you gotta be careful. Yeah, that's another like side note of advice. Find the people who have 
uh, not parenting styles really, but communication styles that fit with yours for motherhood. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you, I, I know I for sure ran low on patience for people. I guess it's the nicest way to say it. Like I didn't have time to explain for 15 minutes what I needed from something. Like if I needed yes. to vent, I knew I was, I knew certain people, like I could definitely vent to you if I needed breastfeeding help. My stepsister. I wasn't Rebecca. the one. Yeah. Well, my stepsister Rebecca is like oh, the nicest yeah. person. You got to know your in the whole world. Like I knew that if I needed like, uh, not I guess support is the best word, but like to really be like she she will be like you are the best mom. You're doing the best for your baby, and I'm like thank you. I I am. I'm doing my best. <laughs> so it's like that. you gotta find you gotta like hold your little circle. Don't try to make it too broad. You don't have time to keep up with a million. Like no. I mean, keep your acquaintances, but don't try to mm-hmm. update everybody on every single movement. Find your few people that you know support you in the ways you need to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Say hi to everybody else. And you've also got to learn. You've got you've got to learn as a person. This isn't just even as a mom, mm-hmm. but like who who can handle what vent? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yep. for my mom, she's over me being sick and pregnant. She's over it. <laughs> so if I ever decide to be sick and pregnant again, when she asks me how's it going, it's gonna have to be it's great. We're fine. And then I'm going to call you and completely <laughs> fall apart and bawl my eyes out and talk about how the world is crumbling underneath me. But if I say that to her, she's going to say, told you not to have a fifth baby. Yes. <laughs> so it's like you've got to know who who can take what vent. And again, like I didn't breastfeed. I'm not going to have any words of wisdom on breastfeeding, you know. So and also you've kind of got to know if you're wanting to quit doing something then call the person that's going to let you quit. Yeah. But if you're needing encouragement to keep going, call the person who's going to give you that. You know, yeah. it's like you you need, you got to kind of know yourself and know what you need. And Yeah, you got to kind of, that's one thing you can do as you're approaching the end of your pregnancy. Look out for people that you think, <laughs> like kind of look for those qualities in your friends and mm-hmm. then you can... <laughs> Then you could kind of get your little trap set. Know who to reach out to exactly? Yeah, because you can You don't want. You don't need to do it alone. As much as new motherhood feels isolating, don't do that. To don't yourself. do it alone. And also, don't call someone who doesn't have kids and talk oh, about gosh. how terrible it is mm-hmm. to do. You know, I mean, it's just like I hate whenever people say to people that don't have babies, "Oh, you just wait." Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, why? Like why, you know, people do that before everything. Just wait till you're married. Just wait till you're this. Just wait till you're that. I'm like, man, you guys are so positive about every step of life. Oh, yep. I had, I worked with a girl like that while I was pregnant with first and she had one kid and she, Mm. everything I tried to complain about, which I was teaching. So I was, I was physically like teaching elementary school. So I was very physically tired. Like, let's just be real. Like I was, and there's no doubt about it. She said, you just wait till the baby comes. Oh yeah. All mm-hmm. the time. You think you're tired now? Ugh. I would like sigh when I sat down and she'd like look at me sideways and be like, you just what? And I'm like, no. And, and, and I slept better after I had the baby. I just, oh, absolutely. Oh, ab- for like, me, period. Uh, story. Having, yeah. The last six weeks of pregnancy is way more exhausting than, I mean, it's a different kind of exhausting, mm-hmm. but as far as like my physical can't move miserable all that no once I had the baby it was like a weight off my shoulders now when the baby hit about eight weeks and still wasn't sleeping you know then I'm like okay yeah there's there's exhausted all over again but I was I slept much worse pregnant with my first with my second I slept okay which I have no idea how or why that worked but whatever whatever works yeah I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so how did you decide if you wanted to breastfeed or use formula? All right. So again, for me, 23, first of my friend circle to have kids. So the the last person who had had kids that I knew was my mom, <laughs> which was a way different time. Yeah. Uh, my mom did not breastfeed. So I think just kind of by default, I was like, well, I'm not going to either. I don't know anyone that does. It sounds really demanding and weird at the time. I thought it was weird. Um, not a mom, didn't know anything about it, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying I think it is now, but at the time. Again, you're 23. <laughs> 23, no, knew no one with kids and all this normalized breastfeeding stuff. That wasn't really around eight years ago. Yep, that's um, true. So it's like, uh, you know, that's why it's around now to educate people, but I was not educated. So I just didn't even try it with my first. Didn't even, just went straight to formula. Didn't you pump? Mm, yes, I think I did pump just to get the colostrum, like not yeah, for like long. for like maybe a week. Yeah, it was not long at all. Well, I might have been, I think it was three months. I think I pumped for three months, but he always had formula. Like I never produced enough. Gotcha. So, I, you know, he was always from day one had formula as well. Okay, yeah. And then with Beckett, he was a NICU baby. So I, he didn't have formula until he was three months. And that was just because he barely ate and I was pumping around the clock and was mm -hmm. able to have a big enough supply that I, you know, could sustain it for long. Yeah. Um, and then Collier and Lincoln, I didn't even pump, not even a single drop. I was having surgery the day after I'd Collier for kidney stones and just didn't want to. And oh, you were miserable the whole end of your mm -hmm. pregnancy with Collier because you were having a kidney stone and they're like shrugging their shoulders and they're like, okay, well, you need to be on bed rest. There's nothing we can do until after he's born. And it's yeah. like, uh. So I was like, if one more person needs something from me, I think this is, again, another one of those things where you got to know yourself. Yeah. And if you're, if, if you're going to commit and do it, then find the people that can encourage you and help you. And if you're not really that into it, then don't feel like you have to do it. You know, yeah. I think either is fine. I think I've had Lawson was breastfed the whole time. That's Rachel's little boy. And he's perfectly happy. Collier was not breastfed a single day and he's perfectly happy. So it's like, you know, whatever you decide. You just have to do what works for you and what you what you can handle um, with Alan. I tried to breastfeed and it was easy in the hospital. So I thought we were going well because mm -hmm. I heard that once like you get going with breastfeeding, it's super easy. So I was like, okay, cool. I was breastfed, which wasn't even common in the eighties, but my mom is like super hippie natural. So of course I was breastfed. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go for it. I had a, like a can of sample formula and my thought process was like, I knew enough about it where I thought I could do it. And then, if it, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But again, those post baby blues, I was hormonal. And when it mm -hmm. started not working, like she did a, a, what they call it, like a nursing strike where she just wouldn't, I couldn't get her to latch and she was just screaming. So I was like, okay. And so I'm like bawling my eyes out for like 24 hours and we're like, <laughs> okay, we're going to have to give her formula. So I pumped in, uh, for about three months until it was, until I got back on regular birth control. Mm -hmm. And uh, pumping is hard. Let's just be oh, real. Oh, man. Miserable. This is, this is also another one of those things that I don't know that I would be super um, vocal about what your plan is, oh, except yes, for absolutely. to people that you definitely trust, you know? Or, or people you That aren't going to rub about, it. Yes. You know? Yes. Because people who are like, I'm definitely 100% breastfeeding forever until my baby's whatever, you know, it's like, then you have people who are like, mm-hmm, we'll see, just wait. Then you automatically have doubters. Whereas if people don't know what your plan is, they're not judging you on what your plan is, you know? Yeah, that's like, so there's true. There's really no need to talk about this, except for with a couple of friends. Yep. So, um, that's and, my advice. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Um, between Austin, Lawson and Adeline, I felt like I learned a lot more about breastfeeding just with mm -hmm. the normalized breastfeeding stuff. And I knew Lawson was probably going to be my last. So I was like, okay, I was pretty bound and determined. Like right. if, if I, which he did have formula because he wasn't gaining weight. Well, there was a whole host of issues with that child, but he had a milk protein allergy. So he was having like 
this is probably TMI, but blood in his stool and like just it was drama from the mm-hmm. get go because that's how he rolls. So like it took a while to figure out all his issues, but we had to supplement with the super expensive formula, make sure he was top like topped off at all times. But once we hit a point where breastfeeding was easy, it was so easy. And right. also him having to have the super expensive formula pushed me on the breast. Oh, absolutely. Side. You're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, it was insanely expensive. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, does insurance cover any part of this? And they're like, no. And just like left the room. And I'm like, okay, cool. But okay, then they, great. they were good about giving me sample care because we were having to go in super often because of all his stomach stuff. So they were super good about giving me sample cans and stuff. But I was like, oh my gosh, I will have to get a full-time job if I have to feed this child this formula. So I was like, okay, like we'll make it work. And then finally at like three, four months, it started getting easy. And then by Mm -hmm. six months, we didn't even have to supplement. So it's like, we we got there eventually. But it was one of those things where I was determined. and Mm -hmm. And then like situations with his stomach being so messed up, like forced me to be even more determined. And we managed to make it work. I yeah. was at a baby shower recently and my friend had everybody like give a piece of mom advice. And there was such a sweet girl who had like a four month old and she was explaining like, she so that we went around the room and she was like, if you know, you really want to breastfeed and even if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You're still a good mom. And her eyes are starting to tear up. And I'm like, Oh my God, you put uh, so much pressure on yourself. You need yeah. to you're a good mom too. Like, you know, yes, you can just see yes. it in her eyes. As moms, we put so much pressure on ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's so hard not to let whatever your decision is be emotional. So yep. make sure, you, again, that support system is going to be important on that. Mm-hmm. Like, And talk it out with your husband. And if he's, you know, get him on the same page as you and, mm-hmm. and to have your back, you know, I mean, and again, For me, it just wasn't really something I was ever willing to discuss. Mm -hmm. So I can't ever think of a moment where anyone made me feel bad about my decision. Yeah. But I think that it's because I I just portrayed the attitude of this isn't a discussion. You know, like I'm not asking you what you think I should do. I'm doing what I think I should do. And and that's it. You know, so nobody really ever said anything which may you know part of that's probably just personality a lot of people are maybe scared (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I just think you know just don't make it something you really discuss even you know yeah unless you unless you are feel comfortable with the person because there is a lot of high opinions on it Mm -hmm. so it's like if you know you're in a safe zone totally talk it out but right and it's one of those things where honestly I don't think any outside forces made me feel bad it was just some kind of Your weird pressure struggle. I put on mm-hmm. myself, which I yeah. didn't plan on. Like with Adeline, I was like, at before I had, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to breastfeed and it's going to go great. But if it doesn't, I'll just use formula. You guys, it's so cool. I'm going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And then after I have her, I'm like, I, what is happening? Everything is awful. Like she's crying. I'm crying. <laughs> I don't do I know do? what to do. Like, you know. And, and I think it's important. Like, I don't think that I ever... May, I, I think it's important to not push your opinion either way. Like, I don't yeah. think I ever made you feel, uh, hopefully, like you shouldn't be breastfeeding just because mm-hmm. I didn't, you know? No, I mean, I, it's I just kind of like, I, so I think that a lot, I think a lot of people go so far one way or the other. Yeah. But it's like, wh- how can you feel that strongly about what somebody else does with their kid? You know no, what I mean? Like, I think I, it's just, I think you just have, I, I think if you come from a place of support, that's the right. best way you can do it. It's like if you breastfed 12 kids and you breastfed them all for three years, like say, hey, I have all I have a lot of breastfeeding, you know, tips and tricks. If you have any questions, if you ever need any. Know. Yeah. Right. Instead of being like, well, obviously breast is best, you know. Yes. And find your it's people all about that are going to help like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Love it. OK, so next up is and this is kind of a funny question to me because of my answer but how do you know when it's time to go to the hospital when you're uh, in labor I were Chris and I did not did things different well maybe I don't know I did <laughs> not go to the hospital early with any of mine mm-hmm. I was probably I I I was terrified of my mental state if they sent me home from the hospital, basically. So Mm -hmm. I did not go in. With Adeline one time, I was at 36 weeks and I had contractions all night that like I had to sit in the bathtub for. 
And but, I was about to kill her. Like, yeah. go to the hospital. Like, all night. And so, but they were never super timeable. And so I was like, they're just going to send me home. I cannot go in. Like, I cannot handle that. And with Lawson, I probably could have gone in earlier, but I was scared that my doctor wasn't going to be on call. <laughs> and yeah. so I was like, no, I'll just wait. And eventually they'd slow down. Like, I think they might have kept me because I was at, gosh, I was at like a four for two weeks. So mm -hmm. <laughs> they probably would have kept me, but who knows? And I just did not want, I just did not think I could handle the mental impact of being sent home. So I went in with Adeline when I had, I was seeing spots and I had a bad headache. So I was like, I knew my blood pressure was high and I was 40 weeks pregnant to the day on Valentine's day. I was on my due date. So I went in, they checked my blood pressure and sent me to the hospital with Lawson. I was due to be induced. I had to go in at like insanely early, like four o'clock in the morning to be induced. And mm -hmm. I ended up going to the hospital, I think at 1am because I was deaf. I was in active labor. So I went into labor basically the night I was supposed to be induced and just went in a couple hours early. Cause I'm like, they're not going to send me home now. Surely. Yeah. Now that I'm coming back. <laughs> so and I'm not, I'm not the best person to ask because I always waited to the last minute, but I also didn't have babies in the car. So I hit okay, a so. See, I am the opposite. I was worried about my mental state if I didn't go in because yeah. I had myself convinced that I was in labor, which I will say with my first, the first time I went in, I, I was having timeable contractions. Remember, we were yes, sitting there timing them, them and they were every two minutes. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, and I had something hurt really bad. Like mm -hmm. th that was different than the contractions. So I go in and they monitor me. They say, you're not in active labor. You are having contractions. We'll monitor you for another hour and then we'll send you home. Mm -hmm. Well, then he had a D-cell, which is a, a drop in heart rate. You know, they think the cord's wrapped, that sort of situation. So that happened. And they said, if that happens again, you will have an emergency C-section tonight. If it doesn't, we will induce you in the morning like that. It was big enough that they felt like he needed to come out. Yeah. So that was first story, you know? So from then on, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I'm feeling stuff. And when I felt stuff last time, it was time for him to get out. So I just need to keep going. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with my fourth, fourth baby, y'all fourth, I went in twice when I was not actually in labor two times, twice. With my fourth. And, you know, I mean, how embarrassing. I'm like, oh, it's my fourth. I'm definitely in labor. And they're like, no, actually, you're not. I'm like, excuse me? Which with Lincoln, I had a severe kidney infection and it was causing my, it was causing contractions, but not, it was like spasms. I forgot what they called it. But anyway, it wasn't labor contractions. So in my defense, I did have something going on. Had to get on some antibiotics and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't know when you're supposed to go to the hospital. <laughs> I would say there are people who go to the hospital so much that nobody takes them seriously. Boy who yep. cried wolf type situation. But then there are flip side of that where people have lost their baby because they didn't go to the hospital and they should have. You know what I mean? So yep. I, I think that just whatever you want to do is yep, what I, I think you should do. I think if you want to go in. Tell your spouse, tell a trusted friend or confidant, don't yep. necessarily don't announce it on social media. Yeah. And hop, hop to the hospital, see what, see what they can do to help you. If they can't eat some ice cream on the way home and go about your day, yep. if they can, awesome. That's one of those personal opinion things. And if you feel like you need to go in, just go in. If you ask everybody, somebody's going to tell you a million different Opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can find whatever answer you want, even on Google. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, yeah. you, you could find Google where it says don't go in. It's nothing. Or you could find Google where it says go in because you're about to have a traumatic experience. So it's like, don't Google it. Just think through. You can call your nurse. You know, yep. there's usually like the OB has a nurse line. You can call them. However, they are never going to tell you not to come in. They Mine cannot medic. She did. They told me that I only had to, well, they told me don't, they didn't tell me don't come in. They said, they told me you can come in if you want, but we don't That's what I'm saying. To. Yeah. That, well, yeah, I'm saying they're not allowed. They're not supposed to say, do not come in because no, then if something happens, it's work. on them. 
Yes. But they definitely So they're going to say, if it were me, I would wait and blah, blah, blah. But if you think you should come in, then just go ahead and go to the OB. You know, like that's what they're going to tell you is that they'll tell you what they would probably do or that it's probably fine. You know, that kind of thing. Or they may tell you if it's severe, you know, they'll say, yes, come in right now. We need to see you. And if if you're having doubts and they say that, then just hop on in the car and head over. (laughs) Right. I just mean, they're probably not going to give you a for sure. Don't nothing's happening kind of answer, you know? Yeah. It's usually like a, it's probably fine, but if you feel like you should come in, then come because they don't want that on them if something yeah. happens. That's true. So. Okay. So what is a way that you can be most helpful to a new mom? This kind of, we kind of already had this conversation, but like feel her out and figure out kind of what she needs and know her personality. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are humiliated by people bringing them food. They just, that's just weird to them. They, they're not cool with that. They don't want you to see their house or they don't, you know, so you think you're being super helpful, but in reality, they're super stressed about the fact that their house isn't clean and people are bringing them a meal and da, 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 da. So just kind of know your, know your new mom. You can help, you can have a pizza delivered and then you don't, she doesn't have to feel entertained by you, you know, or Mm -hmm. like she has to entertain you. So I think you can be most helpful. I don't think there's a blanket answer. I think it's a know your person. Some people love to have me. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah. People come, love on the baby for a minute, talk. It makes me feel normal, you know, eat dinner, whatever. I will say I liked it better when people would bring enough food for them also. And that way we could sit and eat together so that I didn't feel like, because, you know, they want to sit and visit, but then the food's sitting there getting cold. Yeah. Because you don't want to eat in front of them, you know, or say, go ahead and eat, you know, whatever. But I think that you need to know when she's trying to vent, know when she's actually needing help, offer things. Don't wait for her to ask. Offer very specific things. Hey, can I come get the older kid on Tuesday and da, 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 you know. That's what I was about to say, too, is I didn't with either of mine want help with the new baby, really, at first. You know, like once they hit a little bit old, like I I didn't want, they'll be like, I'll come, you know, hold your baby while you take a shower. And it's like, I don't, even with Adeline, I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to, like, if you want to come hold my baby, that's fine. But like that not for yeah help me. Right. I, I, the first month or so I want my baby. Like I know yes. that's selfish and I'll let people hold it. I'm not saying that, but like, it doesn't help me. It didn't make me feel like a burden was lifted off for somebody to come hold my baby. Right. And I don't mean that in a ugly way. I just mean that. Unless that's it was 2 a.m. Uh, well, that's cool. That's a but, good... it, but even so control thing. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if the baby's up, yeah, I don't know. I didn't necessarily want help with the new baby, especially when I had another child. I think you're too territorial. Not you, just anyone. Like in the beginning, you just feel like you're supposed to be the one with the new baby, you know? Not that I knew what I was doing with it, but it was also like, well, (laughs) and it's like my mom stayed, I don't know if it was with Adeline. I think it was with Adeline. She stayed one night and like when I came home from the hospital and she slept on the couch with the like with the baby to let me sleep, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. I was breastfeeding. So it didn't help at all. It just made me worried that she wasn't getting enough sleep. But also yeah. my personality is that I want everybody else to be content. So I don't like putting other people out. So that's not, it's not fun for me. Like if you're like, Hey, I want to come laundry. That's not helpful. To, like if you want to come help and sit with me and while I fold, cl- fold, blah, blah, fold clothes, fold but but I just can't imagine, like, I don't know. I don't want, that's just my personality, though. Like, I don't yes. want to sit and watch you do something that's not fun. Yeah, you we'll see. I mean? And that's what I'm saying about knowing what, I, I I think I would rather die than somebody wash my underwear. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would let someone do a load of kid clothes or something. But yeah, it was always like, can I, take the older kids is always a great piece of advice I think if they're um, comfortable if you know that they're comfortable with you babysitting because yes that's kind of an uncomfortable conversation yes if that yes and there's a I lot of there's too, a lot of stipulations <laughs> uh, yeah it's really that's why I'm saying there's really no blanket answer but I do think that also listening to her like if she says 
no, you know, that's okay. There, it's it's maybe not because she doesn't want to put you out. It may be because she doesn't want you to watch her kids or doesn't like, like if you say, can I order y'all pizza tonight? Maybe she doesn't like pizza. And so if she's like, no, don't worry about it, you know, kind of take that. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a, I don't know, maybe just offer multiple things and kind of feel out who you're, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with help. Yeah. But they need it. So you just have to find the place where they're comfortable enough to allow you to help. But without being pushy, I don't know. I mean, it's It's, a slippery slope. I think, you know, we've touched on this a lot today is just. Well, feel out the person, but also don't be like, well, I've I got food and I liked it. So obviously everybody else needs food. Right. Yes. (laughs) You know. Come from a place of helping everyone instead of just thinking about what would help you. Yes. And on the flip side of that, as a new mom, you can't be super selfish in if somebody's wanting to help you and you're desperately needing help, even if they're not helping you how you you wish they would, you kind of got to take the help where it's offered. That is true. You know, because it's it's like you. If it's a prideful thing, just swallow your pride and you yes. might not regret it. <laughs> yeah, because you can't, I mean, you can't control how people help you. That's that's help, you know, because yeah. it does kind of irritate me whenever I'm trying to help someone and they're being real. Well, like it's like my mom used to say, whenever I'm babysitting, when she was babysitting my kids, I, I'm going to do it my way for the most part. You know, if there's like yeah. a, so it's like, then I have to decide, okay, am I cool with them having one more sucker than I would give them at home as long as I get away or would I rather control the amount of suckers and keep them? You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't control everything. So you kind of got to take what, what you can get. Yep. I completely agree with that. What's something you did regularly before pregnancy, but couldn't do during? Mm, I know mine. My, this is horrible to admit this, but mine was take Advil, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I take Advil probably every day. I mean, I have a really bad back, and I'm just, I, I take Advil all the time. And you cannot have Advil when you're pregnant. That's so true. I missed Advil a lot. Tylenol is junk. Oh, my Tylenol's crap. I like, don't. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Mine was sleep. For the most part, (laughs) I had pregnancy insomnia with Adeline. Like that was my first pregnancy symptom was insomnia. Like literally, like just never being able to go to sleep. I mean, eventually, obviously I went to sleep, but staying up for three hours, just sitting there. And then with Lawson's pregnancy, I slept better in the end than I did in the first one, but I had trouble sleeping at first. So my thing that I did regularly was sleep and then that was gone during pregnancy. So went away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bad. Okay, so how long after giving birth before you felt normal? This is a loaded question. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> are we talking about physically or mentally or? <laughs> let's let's go physically. Okay. With Adeline, I did. I had some scar tissue issues. Is scar tissue issues? Scar that's tissue a- issues. Can you say that three times fast? No, I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't say it once. Um, I so I. It took me a little while to feel normal. Things just felt, um, uh, this is a gross word, but tender almost. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just a little bit more sensitive, not in a good way. So it it took months really before I felt quote unquote normal. Like I was manageable after about six, seven weeks, but Mm -hmm. it took a little bit longer. With the second one, uh, apparently I originally was going to get the scar tissue like fixed. There's a specific kind of surgery where they can break it down. Um, but she said, if you're having more babies, just wait and it'll probably fix itself the next baby you have. And it did. So the second time around, I oh, felt a lot better, a ton better, quicker. And Which is a bigger baby. So that's better than the opposite. Oh yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. he was a hard baby. So I couldn't, I, I <laughs> yeah, couldn't like, have done stuff. both. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, it was good for mental state to feel better the second time around. Cause I had like lasting effects, nothing severe in any way, shape, form or fashion. I'm not going to like die on this hill and say I was, you know, miserable. <laughs> yeah. but there, I had lasting effects from the first one that I definitely didn't have after the second one. So that was, 
uh, in the end, it turned out to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, for me, I think that a lot of people would comment on like, my goodness, you just bounce right back. What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. and there, I, I just really, I have horrible pregnancies. I'm sure there are people that have it worse, aren't there always? But I have mm-hmm. kidney stones. I have infections. I have, I'm just horrible at being pregnant. I throw up for 20 weeks with all the pregnancies, but I love the babies. So everyone's like, I can't believe you keep doing it if you blah, 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 you know, but that's what you have to do. So, um, I think that maybe because my pregnancies are so terrible, I finally feel like myself again once the baby's born. And I'm not saying that I don't have, I mean, I bawled to you numerous times specifically with Beckett I couldn't get him on a schedule and so I'm not saying that all is normal but as far as physically I have really recovered well and quickly mm-hmm. which I mean is a and, good balance since you do have terrible like there has yeah. to be a good even with the bad like <laughs> right yes that's what that's the only I, and, and really I m- maybe don't feel normal it's just that I haven't felt even close to okay for 40 weeks or 37 in my case. So it makes me feel like I'm recovering quickly and easily because I've been so miserable during pregnancy, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And to have, and you feel like you have control back over your own body, which I'm sure is more comforting. So that's kind of wrapping up our talking about being new moms, our experience with pregnancy, kind of that. I mean, I feel like we could probably go on forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like talking about all the pregnancy questions. stuff and all that. But um, this is our first little segment in our mom series for May. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to come back next week and talk more about being moms with toddlers and young kids, which is kind of the phase we're in right now. So mm-hmm. we're in the thick of it. Yeah. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it and head on over to our Instagram at Surviving Motherhood Podcast for all of our up-to-date info and any links that we have. So thank you, everyone. And as always, good luck surviving motherhood. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.